business success usually comes to those who are too busy to be looking for it. Join RVK for the award-winning RV on Business Show every Tuesday at 12 midday. It's not about thinking out of the box. There is no box. Only on 101.9 High FM. Welcome to 101.9 Chai FM. This is Avi on Money Show at 7 minutes past 12. Thank you so much for joining us. And at this time of the year, every year, we do a very similar show. It's all about making sure that when you go away and when you get in your car or on the plane or go away, every mode of transport you're going to use, you get on holiday and you know that your possessions are correctly and fully insured. And on the line with me um, is a lady called Christine Coleman from Old Mutual. Crystal is an Old Mutual insurance expert. And what we're going to be discussing is, number one, short-term in general, and number two, more specifically, what items you need to insure, how you need to insure them. And then we want to look at excesses, because excess is something that really is a bugbear of everybody's um, insurance life. You look at the policy and you see you can pay X, and your, your let's say your... your um, Excess is three and a half thousand rand, but if you push your excess up to five thousand rand, you can pay a lot less. And often people make the mistake and think, well, you know what? The chances of me claiming are very small. I'll put a bit of money aside, which never happens. And then should I have a claim? I've got this money. I can pay the excess, but in the meantime, I'm paying a lower premium on a monthly basis. And we all know, unfortunately, what happens with most of us is that Life happens, we don't put the money aside, a claim happens, and now we have to fork out quite a lot of money, often at the most inopportune times, and we have to pay that excess in order to get our vehicle released or to get a payment, etc., etc. So that's really what it's all about. And um, what we really need to be careful of is looking at it in the, in, in the larger picture, looking at it and saying, if I've got a car and I'm paying 1,500 Rand on that car and I've got a 3,500 Rand excess, but I could pay 1,700 Rand on a monthly basis and have zero excess, which one would I prefer? Well, over there, it's a small difference. It's 200 Rand. If you look at it, a percentage, it's not even great. But it could be slightly more. But why do you still look at the bigger picture? I know with myself is that I had an incident where somebody reversed into into one of my cars. The person told me they were insured. I told the insurance to go ahead and repair. And when they contacted the other party, it came out that they were not insured. Because the policy of the company that I was using was that if the other party is insured, you don't need to pay your excess. They will get the excess from that third party. But that person wasn't insured. The excess was three and a half thousand rand. I had to pay in the three and a half thousand rand. The total damage was four thousand two hundred rand. To put it mildly, I felt sick to my stomach that I'm paying my premium. I paid eighty percent of the bill, and the insurance really just facilitated the repair. I then went and changed my policy to make sure that I had zero excess, so that I didn't have to worry about a bumper bashing or a claim should I need to have it. While we're waiting for Craig to get Christelle on the line, let me just answer one or two questions that are coming through. What people want to know here is a very, very common question that I see all the time. I have an alarm. On my policy, it's stipulated that I have an alarm, but I never put my alarm on when I go out because the birds set it off. I only put my alarm on at night when we are sleeping. If I get broken into, I presume, during the day and you're not there, the question is, am I going to be covered? 
the long and the short of it is it's unlikely that you're going to be covered. They're going to check the alarm. If you have stipulated that you have an alarm and that is a requirement of the insurance, please make sure that you do three things. Number one, you have an alarm and then it's linked to an armed response. So if you're living in the Glen Hazel area, you can go to CAP, you can go to Magen, you can go to um, Stallion. Uh, there's just a few companies you can go to. Uh, there's a few companies on the top of my mind. But go to any one of them, shop around, find out who's being used in the area and sign up with them and make sure that your alarm's working. Or you have an alarm and it's linked to an armed response. Number two, make sure that your alarm is working. Get them in. Speak to them. If a particular sensor keeps getting set off, if the dogs are setting off sensors, work out how to structure it in such a way that it works. Number one, it will give you peace of mind. And number two, you'll be compliant. And thirdly, don't try take shortcuts. Make sure that you set your alarm, you get into the habit of setting your alarm. Even if you're just going out for a few minutes, get into the habit of setting your alarm because then when the insurance comes and checks and all they do is they plug a little wire into that box on the wall and they download all the activations, they will see that this alarm goes on all the time. And that's what you need to do. You do have another option that if you have um, burglar bars on your windows and security gates on your doors and your insurance gives you that option, that you can have either or, then the one is good without the other. But please check your fine print, and often it's long and it's laborious. Get hold of your insurance person and do this in writing. Send them a mail and say, my alarm is inactive. It doesn't work. I don't want to use it. Do I have an alternative? And you'll get an answer in writing, and then you can you can put those security measures in place to make sure everything's there. What I think they're ultimately looking for is what we call forced entry. We want to make sure that if there's a break-in, that somebody actually had a bit of uh, there was a bit of effort to get in, and that was the reason and how it worked. So that's what it's all about: is to make sure that those things are important. And that um, you you have those things in place. The next question that's coming through um, thick and fast is, what happens if I have put in a claim? So let me just read it to you. Someone says like this. Hi, Avi. I've had a claim and I submitted it to the insurance company and I got a date to get my vehicle repaired. In the meantime, I had another event a lot smaller and I wanted to put it together with my first claim. And the insurance company said, no, it's two separate claims and I need to pay two separate excesses. I found that extremely unfair. Is that correct? I'll tell you what, Craig's telling me we need to take a bit of a break. Let's take a break. And when we come back, I'll do my best to answer that one. This is RV on Business. Welcome back to 101.9 Chai FM. It's 17 minutes past 12. Thank you so much for joining us. If you've just joined us, we're talking about short-term, anything to do with short-term insurance. Please SMS us on 34519. Send through your questions. I've got a few coming through, which I'll answer now. And we are trying to get hold of Christelle Coleman, who's from Old Mutual, just to answer some more technical questions. But while Craig's trying to do that, let me keep going. The question I asked just before the break was that we've got a scenario where a person has a claim, submits the claim, gets everything done, is about to get the uh, the the policy done. Sorry, is about to get the repair work done, and all of a sudden they have another claim on the same vehicle. And now what they want to do is to join the team, the two claims together, so they can only have one excess. What do they do? 
The bottom line is, unfortunately, it's two separate events and it's two separate accesses. And that, again, I think is another reason and another, you know, justification for maybe looking at a zero access policy with a slightly larger premium or even maybe a bigger, quite a larger premium so that when these events happen, you don't have to go into a flat spin. But I'm not in a flat spin anymore because on the line with us is Christelle Coleman. Christelle, welcome to High FM. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. Good. Sorry about the technical difficulties. Um, <laughs> Christelle, let's jump straight into it. I've been doing my best for you to keep the listeners uh, riveted, waiting for you to get on the line. But let's get into it. Why on earth do I need to pay an excess? Or not need to, but why is there an option to pay an excess in short-term insurance? Surely if I'm insuring the, the, the object, if I pay my premium, something happens that should be restored to its condition. Why is excess part of the fabric of insurance? Well, you know, one of the main driving factors with um, insurance is the, the level of premium that you pay. So insurance companies are always aware of the fact that they have to charge premiums that are affordable to clients. And, um, and the main concept of insurance is the contribution of the many to a pool that pay their claims of the few. So we have to make sure that the claims that we pay out um, are you know, not excessive so that the insurance premiums become unaffordable. And excesses form a very important part of managing the premium that we charge. So you mentioned just now in your um, little introduction that um, it does cost a little bit of extra premium to have a zero excess option. And that, you know, that just talks to what I explained now, is if you don't have an excess, your premium will be slightly higher. You know, Crystal, I had a scenario myself, as I, as I mentioned to the listeners a little bit earlier on, where um, someone reversed action into my wife's car. They said they had insurance and they didn't, and I put in a claim, and I ended up paying three and a half thousand rand excess and a four thousand two hundred rand claim, which really, really got me upset. And thereafter, I changed all our cover to zero excesses, just in scenarios like that. But one thing I think, um, I hope you agree with me, is that you've got to be careful because I've done a bit of calling around myself. And often you get these really hard sales on the phone. It sounds wonderful and it's all good. And when you ask about the excess, it sort of just gets pushed aside. And when the paperwork comes through, it's there clearly. But the excess is massive, yet the yeah. premium is slightly low. So, again, not to get caught in that trap of thinking, wow, it's a lot lower. I'll save the money. I'll put it aside. I don't know what your experience is, but life has taught me that that doesn't really happen. And then a claim happens and you're out of pocket. Well, that's, that's the main message that we're trying to convey is that clients tend to shop around and they only look at bottom line premiums. They're in a hurry, they buy a new car, and they don't want to spend the time to understand what it is that they're um, getting an insurance quote on. And they only find out at the time of a loss when it's already a traumatic event. Um, so it really is, if you don't have um, a surplus fund or a backup fund that you can dip into when you've had an accident, I mean, we don't know when accidents happen. It's, that's why it's called an accident. It's really prudent... To, to rather take a zero excess option, um, and then you you know that you know that you're fully covered when when there is a claim. And something else is people tend to play into the you know what they hear on the radio most often. The biggest you know insurance companies advertising and going you know lowest premiums, but often they're not comparing apples with apples. So they pay less, but there's a huge excess. And it's very traumatic to find that out only at the time of your, your accident or your loss. I mean, it's the same with, with property insurance. Yes. Um, so it's very important that you look at this. 
and that if you look at your bottom line premium, that you also look at how do the excesses compare and that you also look at additional excesses because sometimes you've got your basic excess of 3,500. But if you're a young driver, there's an additional excess for, um, you know, under a certain age. And then some insurance companies, we don't have it, but some companies have got an excess. If the accident happens at a certain time of night after hours, so it can become a huge expense. And, uh, when you think you've got full cover. And often this excess is a moving target. It's a minimum of X, but a percentage of Y up to Not the maximum of, right. of W. So, <laughs> is, if you have a so, ma- so that's a good point. And I would also say then, if you are going to go for an excess, make sure that you've got a flat excess. Yes. Not a percentage-based excess, because that is a factor of the value of the car. So if the car is written off or stolen, 5% of 300,000 is a lot more than just the 3,000 rand flat excess. Exactly. Now, you're just talking about those really cheap insurances. Uh, every time I go to gym and they have little adverts in the bathroom about a particular insurance company which name, whose name I'm not going to mention. Yes. And a, a client of mine moved and he was really upset with me. He said, you've really overcharged me. I feel you've taken me for a ride. And then a claim happened and he very, you know, sheepishly called me and said, these guys are not paying. Why not? I said, because I've read that advert. It's very clear. It's just third-party fire and theft. So yeah. the rest is up to you. So, yes, you were paying that with us, but you were also paying comprehensive over and above that. You stripped that out. You just paid for fire and theft and third-party. So, of yeah. course, they're not going to pay. So it's quite important that you don't try cut corners. And if it's too good to be true, then it must probably is exactly that. Yeah, well, you you get what you pay for. (laughs) And with insurance, it works like that as well. Don't think that there's some miracle cheap insurance where you've got all the cover. If you pay a very cheap premium, there's going to be a pitfall somewhere along the line. And maybe you're lucky and you never have a claim. But that's why I say if you decide to go for an excess, make sure that if your excess is 3,500 rand or 4,000 rand, that it's got it available, that you can access it when you you have that, um, that claim. Or... Go for the zero exit option. You and I think technology just let us down again, Craig. We were in the middle of a conversation with the Crystal Coleman, and the line's gone dead. What a pity. A, a, a really fantastic lady with a great amount of knowledge. I, I don't think we're going to try to get hold of her again. Unfortunately, we have tried a few times. But um, I will try to get hold of Christelle maybe in a later show. Um, Christelle, if you are listening, my apologies. Um, the line just let us down. So let me just continue quickly with the um, the the one or two of the questions that Christelle had sent to me and then one of your questions that have come through. One thing about age factor, Christelle didn't mention that if you're younger, you might pay a surplus excess, so your normal excess plus a little bit more. Just be careful of that. But again, on the other side of the spectrum, if you are a retiree or a pensioner, you might automatically qualify for a excess-free policy depending on the cover. So just look into that and have a look around. Also, maybe if you're an older person and you don't travel a lot and your biggest trip is a three times a year you go down to Umschlange, please just mention that to your insurance company that your mileage is very, very low. Maybe send in a copy of 
of your um, your logbook or your record of service and show them that you know you get your car serviced every year, not because of kilometers, but because of the annual service that needs to happen for the warranty. And then you might be able to get a slightly better premium because the risk has come down because your travel mileage is also very very low. And it's also really just to make sure, as we were mentioning with Christelle, that you have what we call comprehensive cover that you're covered in all events. If you hit somebody or if somebody hits you in the car, and um, you know those are the important things to have a have a look. If you've got just third party fire, fire and theft, you've got a car that's lying in the driveway that your children drive, but they're not here at the moment, or it was left to you by a family member. Or it's a collector's item and you just want to keep it and wait for it to grow in value and you're only really worried if God but the garage next to it burns down and it gets damaged or a um, it gets stolen, someone puts it up on the back of a flatbed and takes it away. Just be careful. When you're driving it on a Sunday, the damage to that car is one thing. But if you damage another car, then you, that's we could, you've got to be careful about the third party and how that works just to make sure that you are covered because it's not only the damage to the vehicle, but it's also damage to people. You could hurt somebody, you could injure someone, and you want to make sure you have the right cover for that. I've got three questions here that have come through quickly. Craig, if you can just give me another four minutes, um, all about the same thing, and that is Shabbat. What to do with your house content on Shabbat. So for those who are not afraid with what I'm talking about, on, this, on, the, on, on the Shabbat, on the Jewish Sabbath, on a Saturday, from Friday evening to Saturday night, um, a lot of religious Jews do not um, operate anything to do with electricity, and therefore they don't feel that they want to turn on their alarm. I know the Johannesburg baked in, the Johannesburg Jewish court, has made a comment on that, and please consult with your Orthodox rabbi for um, his um, input as to how to best go about that. But it's very simple. If the policy says that you need to have an alarm activated, and you haven't got the option that I said before of bars and gates and locks, etc., etc., then you've got yourself a problem. And the simplest thing to do is to please call your insurance broker, discuss it with them. Um, here I'll give a, a punt to my insurance broker. I deal with a with a lady, um, Colleen, from success, success Brokers that I've dealt with for maybe 25 years. And from day one, Colleen has always said to me, you've got a clause in your policy that on Shabbat, if the alarm is not on, you're fully covered. And it actually says it in the policy. So Shabbat and Jewish holidays, I don't need to worry about activating my alarm when I'm out of the house. Because if I'm in the house, again, discuss it with your rabbi, it's a slightly different law. But if I'm out of the house, in other words, there's no danger to me or my family directly as people, then putting on alarm might be a question. But from a technical insurance point of view, I've got a clause that covers me that if the alarm's not on, I'm fine. So please speak to your insurance broker, sit down and get it done. And, you know, again, the one more question that just come through, a very irate person says, my broker has not removed items on my portable cover that have been there for over five years. Well, your name's Brian. Brian, I don't know your surname, but um, it's not your broker's fault. It's it's your fault. You paying the premium. The insurance company sends you a schedule at least once a year. You often get it a lot more every time you make changes, every time you add or delete, they will send you an update. If you've got something on there and you haven't read through it and you haven't asked your broker to sit down with you, 
then I'm afraid you're both equally to blame. Yes, your broker should have called you, should have had an annual review, but I'm sure if you look through your inbox, it'll be an email to say, hi, Brian, your, your anniversary is coming up. Here's your schedule. Please be in touch with us if you want to change anything. Um, and you might just feel that for the last three, four years, that's been fine, but now you want to do it. So rather than getting all huffy and uptight and about it, sit down and go through it once a year. I know I sit down with Colleen, not once a year, but once every two years, and I just go through every single line item. Number one, I'm often not quite sure what things mean, so it's good to get a refresher. Number two, we find these things that were very inexpensive and very important two years ago that today are totally disposable or you don't even have them anymore. Just be careful that Walkman that you might want to take off actually be, might be worth more than the 37 Rand that you paid for it in uh, 1982. You might want to keep it on because it might be a bit of an antique, tongue-in-cheek. But just be careful of those things. So sit down and go through it. And again, before you go away, please check it. Please check that your alarm's working. Please check that your electric fencing is working. Call your arm response company. Do a test. If you're not sure if all the panic buttons are working, if you're not sure how to operate certain things, call them, ask them to come around so they can check these things with you. These things are really, really important. If you've got any other questions, please email me. Please be in touch with me. I'll be more than happy to answer them where I can. If not, I'm more than happy to put you in touch with Colleen, um, sorry, Christelle Coleman from um, old Mutual, and I'm sure they can help you there. On the commercial side, that's an area of expertise that I don't have. So I'm not going to answer any questions. I've got two questions coming through about that. But please speak to your commercial broker about it. It's a slightly different animal with different rules. Please make sure that in December you're fully covered with the storms, with the lightning, with everything that can go wrong, with stock in your warehouse, staff that should or shouldn't be on the premises. Please get it all checked. All checked that so you've got everything under control. Craig, thanks for pushing the buttons. Thank you for being with us. We'll speak to you next week.